Welcome to another episode of Let's Go Amherst. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis, and joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst. Keith, what's going on, man? Hey, good afternoon, morning, whatever we say, because it's a layer another time. But uh, <laughs> So uh, are we renaming this to Let's Go Amherst, or are we still calling it Amherst Weekly? Um... <laughs> I don't know if you caught what you said during yeah, the Yeah, I messed up the intro there. It's a good catch. <laughs> it is Amherst Weekly, but that's that's a catch in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe it should be Let's Go Amherst because that's kind of the only hope we have now of winning hockey on here, right? So I guess that's what we should change the intro to. Hey, you know what? They're uh, they're still winning, and uh, we'll we'll go with the. I'll kind of pitch the team philosophy of uh, you know winning comes from the bottom up, and yeah, you know, there's there's some guys that'll eventually work their way up to. You know, along with Linus Allmark and helping you guys win up there. But until that happens, the uh, the Emmerichs had a pretty good week for the most part. We were uh, about one mishap away from having a really positive conversation today. Yeah, yeah. we, we <laughs> So three out of four, uh, which isn't bad, uh, especially with one being on the road over the weekend, same thing as last week. But... I guess before we get anything else, you know, maybe I should give you the microphone to offer a formal apology to everybody who watched that game because, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Tennyson's error that caused Rochester to lose last night is partially your fault, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm slightly superstitious and, uh, you know, believe in all that hockey stuff. So, you know, there's, you know, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more, but the Emmerichs took a, uh, you know, big hit with Zach Redmond going out with an injury and, they're waiting for somebody to step up, and you know what? Matt Tennyson was playing some pretty decent hockey, and uh, you know I gave him some credit for it. And you know they needed somebody to step up, and I came to me in a comment on Saturday night that Tennyson had stepped up, and with Redmond out of the lineup, and then I actually said, "I hope I don't jinx it." And sure enough, nine <laughs> second nine seconds into overtime, Asplund wins the puck on Saturday night. Matt Tennyson kind of misplays it. And misplays it in the worst way. The puck went behind him, and game over. Crunch win in overtime. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those. I mean, especially for a gamer, they had, you know, they gave up the lead late, and then that's the way you lose it. It's one of those. You know, it's one of those where you look back at the weekend, and you're like, <clears throat> you're like, you know, sure it was a good week, but that one kind of it stings going in. You know, having a week off too, going into that. Yeah, there there's many ways to look at the week. You know, they ended <laughs> five out of six points. You know. Winning uh, two out of three, um, you know, they gave up some points to divisional teams. But, you know, the big picture, five out of six points is there's nothing you can – there's not much you can really complain about that later on. But for right now, you know, after the, the week they had, that one kind of stings. And, you know, it was the whole, the whole game was kind of a series of, I say, unfortunate mishaps and different events. And they kind of gave it up late. They misplayed it, and Syracuse capitalized. But, hey, I guess uh, – you know, down the road, we'll look at it, be five out of six points. I guess the cool thing is, too, well, I mean, 
we talked about this last week, but you know, with Wednesday's game, uh, I mean, they put they hung a seven spot on Corey Schneider, but I mean, he hasn't won a game in the, in the NHL in like seven years. So I don't know how I guess exciting that is to beat an NHL goaltender. But even know if that's really what he is. Yeah, the challenge with the week is they gave up. They gave up leads. Um, you know, on Wednesday night they they beat Binghamton seven to five, and like you said, put up seven on Corey Schneider. But at one point they had a three nothing or three to one lead, and well, actually it was uh, what three nothing, and then three oh, to yeah. one, uh, four to one, and then Binghamton uh-huh. came back to tie the game. So concerning that they gave up a lead. Um, you know, and then the same thing kind of happened on Saturday night. They had they had a lead and, you know, gave up a late goal. Uh, on Friday night, you know, kind of jumping back and forth. But, you know, they they hung in there and ended up winning 3-2 to two in a shootout. So, you know, there's definitely some concern that they gave, they're giving up leads, but they're winning games. And, you know, they're winning games with a lot of different players, and they had a, they had a tough week injury-wise, too. Yeah, so I guess we could maybe before we kind of get into anything else. So let's uh, let's kind of recap. So who are they? Who are they down? And how long are we looking at for these guys? Yeah, there's uh, you know Zach Redmond scored his uh, franchise <coughs> record breaking um, you know 19th goal of season, and then late in the game, last minute of play, he went down, went to play the puck behind the net, just kind of a normal play, and kind of took an awkward fall and had to be helped off the ice. Um, so he is out week to week with a lower body injury. Hmm. So it almost feels like, all right, he hated talking about the. I don't know how you say hated talking about it, but he's such a humble guy that, you know, records and, you know, individual stuff really isn't, you know, not all these guys are chasing that. They just right, want to win right. and, um, you know, like, all right, great. Now is that 19th goal cursed or is he going to come back and <laughs> chase the uh, the league record now? So the good news is nothing is broken. Uh, you know, they just say it's week to week because as anybody who follows any kind of sport knows, lower body likely is ankle. Um, you know, there's no official word on that, but if you watch what happened, it's kind of obvious. It's probably his ankle. You know, that can be a week and a half. It could be three to four weeks. It could be five yeah. to six weeks. You know, you never really know depending on if it's a sprain a twist whatever it is and then uh, scott wedgwood is kind of the same thing he apparently had something you know kind of bugging him before the game the team knew about it i'm not sure if it was you know kind of they knew about eight games ahead but hey he thought he was ready to play but after the game he said all right you know whatever it is is bugging me and he's out week to week as well with a lower body injury and that's why they called up jonas johansson Okay, so I mean, Redmond's the big one. That's uh, something to keep an eye on because, you know, I mean, he's one of their best defensemen, and then now you got to, you know, and like you said, I mean, funny or not, you got to have guys like Tennyson and Gooley step up here, especially but at this point, those week-to-week injuries seem like you're probably looking at, I would say, at a minimum around three weeks, and if it's longer than that, then, you know, it kind of it develops, but you know, that, that, could be, that could be a very interesting one. I mean, I, I guess they – we're able to still pick up points them out of the lineup, but you know, going long term, that could be that could be one that hurts a little bit. Yeah, especially when Zach Redmond is the team's leading scorer. So you know, not only their leading defenseman, um, you know, power play, um, just five on five, leading scorer every in every part of the game. He's he's the leader on the team, and to lose that, that's kind of you know, compared to someone else, you know, it's it's Sabres lose cycle. You know, look what happens. Right, right. 
So yeah, that, that's going to hurt. Um, but hey, it gives a perfect opportunity for someone like Brendan Gooley to you know really step up and prove, hey, I'm you know I'm capable of being that number one guy now. Um, you know what kind of happened this week was you know Matt Tennyson stepped in on Friday night and he was that you know kind of number one guy. Um, you know late in the game when the the Amherst pulled um, you know Sue Hansen to get the extra attacker. Um, you know, they played with five forwards and one defenseman, and that one defenseman was Matt Tennyson. So, you know, he ended up scoring the goal, you know, tying the game to send it to overtime. So, you know, with every – we joke around with every good play, there's a bad play or many bad plays to follow it up. <laughs> but at the same point, you have to look at it. It's interesting that they didn't send out Brendan Gooley in that, you know, that kind of crucial part of the game. They sent out Matt Tennyson to play, and, you know, and he it paid off. So, you know, he's – going to be their number one guy it appears to kind of lean on and hopefully just you know for someone like Gooley, he'd hope that he's going to step up and kind of take that over yeah i mean it'll be really you know the next few weeks to kind of watch that and talk about that kind of how Gooley does step up and you know take that opportunity because i think this is kind of the thing opportunity that he needs to take up because you know with how the season's gone up and down uh i think this is kind of a really good chance for him to finally i guess grasp kind of what people are hoping to see and Hopefully that happens, and it'll be very interesting to watch that unfold over the next few weeks. But speaking of goalie and Redmond, uh, Redmond won't be at the AHL All-Star game, neither will Lawrence Pilot, but Brendan Gooley takes their spot. So Gooley will go to the skills competition tonight and the All-Star game tomorrow. Uh, but this kind of, for me, kind of felt like we need someone from Rochester, we need a defenseman, okay, just give us Gooley. Yeah, that's kind of kind of how it, you know, seemed to be. I also kind of joked around was a lot of guys had, you know, plans to leave town for the weekend. You know, they're traveling to, you know, warm states or visit friends, family. Yeah, and it was kind yeah. of joked was, do they need a defenseman or did they go down the lineup? Be like, Hey, you don't have any plans this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to the all-star game, but yeah, it definitely, you know, screams, Hey, we need a defenseman. We want somebody who is a prospect. We want someone who's played NHL games. And that way we can kind of brag about what's happened. And, you know, you get the nod and, you know, we can kind of pick on whether he deserves, deserves it or not, but an achievement. And, you know, again, back to hopefully it's a confidence booster and hopefully it, uh, you know, he didn't necessarily have the best week himself, but, you know, Hey, hopefully we can turn it around and that's kind of, what we do with a lot of sports and hockey is just kind of hope and wait to see what happens. Right. So one guy you said you wanted to talk about that, I guess I'll give you that opportunity now. Um, you know, there's a lot of, let's see with the gaming on MSG in Buffalo. There was a lot of talk about the game particularly on Friday. Uh, but there was one guy you said you specifically wanted to discuss and that is Rasmus Asplund. So, uh, what do you got to say on the Sabres second round pick of 2016? Yeah, I mean, it, it's more of a, you know, now because you uh, you were able to watch the game, and that's, you know, it's kind of interesting, Asplund, to see, you know, really where he is. In 43 games, he has two goals and 12 assists. Is that, you know, 14 points in 43 games really isn't that great. But he's also playing with, you know, Olsen and O'Regan, who are, you know, leading the team, you know, as far as forwards go. Right. You know, it's so an interesting question is when you watch him, is it, you know, would Olsen and O'Regan be having the seasons they are without Asplund, or could you put in anybody in there? Could you put in Eric Cornell in that spot, and those guys would still succeed? So it's kind of tough to 
determine, you know, is he really a difference maker or is he just the beneficiary of those, you know, of his two wingers? So, you know, I guess I'd ask you what, you know, what did you see and, you know, how do you feel about how he played with those guys? I I guess the way I kind of see it is, I mean, you're right. I mean, I guess it kind of depends because a lot of it is the centers make the wingers. That's kind of the thing is the wingers need a good center and that kind of leans on Aspen being, you know, the primary reason, not the primary reason, but one of the, you know, one of one of the primary reasons why those two players are having success. Um, you know, watching him, I, I think he's, he does a lot of good things in the defensive zone that don't get a lot of credit. I think he has more creativity offensively than I thought he did. Uh, he doesn't look out of place. Uh, I think he kind of goes very well with those two. And one of the things that I think benefits both of those players is, you know, I, would, I wouldn't classify either one as a strong defensive player. And I think that's kind of how he fits because of how well Aspen plays defensively. I, I think he's he's got good speed in his game. Uh, he's got some skill. And, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, Again, this is one of those things where I wish there was, you know, those advanced stats in the AHL because I, I think he generates a lot that you can't see with your eyes. That if we had these numbers, we'd be able to see that. And for me, I think the thing that's promising is, you know, from watching a few games in the beginning of the season to watching this game the other day, is you could definitely see a progression in the growth. And I think that's kind of all in a way you're asking for, where the numbers, you know, aren't necessarily great. At the same time, you could see it. You know, with your eyes, you could see the growth and the change and the development. Or some of these other players, like Gooley, who's kind of going backwards, and you, you know, you don't see him taking that next step. You know, so there's, there's a difference. You know, numbers are great and excellent. Uh, you know, but in the NHL, you know, realistically, Aspel's not going to be a point contributor. You know, he's going to be a. I think his ceiling is a third line center, but you know, probably on a deep team, a really good fourth line center um, who has some speed, some creativity, and some skill. Uh, to kind of help, you know, make your lineup whole in a way. So I'm not that worried about the points uh, and the goals. I'm just more excited to see the growth and development we've seen from the beginning of the season to where we are now, I, I think is at the very least encouraging. Yeah, 100% agree. And, you know, just want to kind of see what somebody else would think. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see, you know, exactly how he how he fits into the grand, you know, bigger picture. You know, and I guess uh, Saturday night was a good example of what he can do in that, you know, three-on-three overtime, you know, you kind of – you need puck possession to try to win, and if you can control the puck, you can likely win the game. You know, he won the faceoff, you know, and that's something that you need to do, and, you know, the what happened after that didn't go their team's way. But, right, right. <laughs> you know, in a crucial time of the game, he won that faceoff, and, you know, he gained the initial possession to kind of get things started. You know, and last season we kind of talked about Sean Malone, the way he was kind of progressing and, you know, and looking good. And he was kind of the guy playing those roles. You know, in this season it is, you know, it's Asplund. He's stepping up and, you know, is it really, for anybody that doesn't watch the game, you're right. It's kind of tough to say, hey, he's doing all right. And, you know, just kind of watch him. But, you know, there aren't stats to back it up. But anybody who watches the game knows, hey, he's doing a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you want to see the points, but, you know, kind of like you said, he's he's in that kind of Sean Malone role of bottom six center that can make plays happen, make the crucial plays when you need it, and, and play well defensively. Yeah, I think you're right with the Malone comparison. You know, it's yeah, I think it's kind of frustrating this kind of season Malone has had. I feel like he was, I think he had the opportunity this season to 
possibly. I think with how well Johan Larson's playing, it wouldn't be helping his cause. But, you know, I, I think he's kind of dipped. I'm talking about Malone, kind of dipped maybe back into the bottom of the barrel here, which I think is kind of frustrating. I had some high hopes for him. Um, you know, we'll see how he, when he comes back from the injury, how he how he looks and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, back to Asplund, I, I think you're exactly right. It's, you know, he's I, – I know he was a second-round pick, and maybe you expect more than that, you know, a player to produce in the NHL, but I just don't think you're going to get that. You know, I, I think he and then, you know, Marcus Davidson, who's going to be coming over from uh, Sweden, who will probably be in Rochester next year. You know, I think those are two guys down the road, you know, as bottom six guys. You know, maybe those are the guys who replace Larson and Gergensen's in the NHL, but they give you a little bit more offensively. Not a lot more, but they're younger, their cap hits lower, and then they give you a little bit more offensively. So, you know, I, I kind of think they're being groomed for that role, and, you know, while you need players who score goals, you also need players who play that role, you know, to fill out a team. Yeah, and the, he's definitely getting, you know, he's benefited by having, a, you know, Olsen and O'Regan on, the, on his wings, you know, and just remember Eric Cornell was a second-round pick as well. Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, <laughs> I've, if you read the articles I did this week, we've looked at Sabres' recent draft picks and how well they haven't gone. So seeing a couple second-round picks, you know, not – well, I mean, in Cornell's case, you know, Rasplin looks like he's going to be all right, right but Cornell is yeah. – I think we've kind of let that ship sail here. So it's kind of, uh, along with the other numerous second-round picks, you know, Justin Bailey, former second-round pick, gone. Uh, Third-round pick in Baptiste, gone. You know, so it's, there's some guys who didn't even get a chance. You know, there's some guys who never even came out of college. So it's, I mean, Jonas Johansson's even a former second-round pick. I, I kind of forgot that until I went through and looked. So that's kind of crazy. I mean, and quickly, I guess we can kind of jump to Johansson because I was, I was pretty impressed with his game uh, on Friday. So, I mean, I, I feel they kind of, maybe get your kind of feel here kind of as the season goes on, I feel like they're going to kind of give him more games because every time I've watched him play, he's looked pretty good. Yeah, there was, yeah, the, the goals that he allowed were in regulation against Reed Boucher, who's just got a, you know, a wicked shot. So he's Mm -hmm. put the puck on his stick and he's going to pick his spot. There's, you know, he's kind of the, you know, Olsen or over or Oregon on the Emmerich's team, but yeah, he, he looked pretty good. He looked steady. Um, You know, he's, you know, he needs to play those games because you think about it, he's number three in the organization right now. If Allmark or uh, Hutton go down, he's going to be the guy that gets called up with Wedgwood out. So, you know, that's, I think that's one of the reasons they call they had to call him up over, you know, somebody Hauser in Cincinnati has played really well, but yeah, he, he played well. He was faced with a lot of pucks and he kind of held his own. Um, you know, he let in the first two goals in the shootout, which was kind of, you know, made you cringe, but then, you know, he stopped the next next five shooters. So he he made a comment after the game on Friday night that he loves overtime, loves the shootout because he gets a chance to play a hero. And you know, that's kind of what he did. He gave this team an opportunity to win, and you know, and they did with uh, you know goal from new guy Taylor Lear. So you know, kind of Johansson stepped up to play with Wedgwood out, and then you know they got the new guy to step up with you know losing Redmond, and you know pulled out the win, but. Overall, yeah, Johansson is he's looked steady. Um, you know, not sure what it's still not sure what his future looks like, but you know, he's only played that was his fourth American League game this season. So hey, he's doing the right things and doing a little ways and he won the game. So that, that's what that's what counts. Yeah, I mean it'll definitely be uh it'll be interesting. Now that now that we know that Lukanen's coming pro next year, um, it'll be kinda of interesting to see what Johansson does because I believe Wedgwood is a two year contract, so I think he's gonna be there next year. And then, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they start looking in the ECHL, and then Johansson starts in the AHL. It'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that how that shakes out. 
Yeah, definitely. Because he can't go with, um, you know, looking in and, um, you know, Johansson, that's not going to work in the American league. So no, right. it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes, shakes out, shapes up, whatever you want to say, but you know, there, there's definitely options down there. And, you know, I guess if we want to talk about, you mentioned kind of talking about draft picks, we got to mention, got to mention the guy that always generates a lot of talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to, We'll spend. I guess we could talk about a little. I don't want to spend too much. I, no. I think I'm the under exhausted from the weekend. Uh, but exactly. But you know, Saturday night <clears> just you know we'll give him one sentence and move on from him. But Saturday night was a perfect example of you know kind of season he's had. You know, Friday night you can nitpick the eight shots that he had, and we kind of talked about that on Twitter. But yeah, you know, he followed up Saturday night with no shots on that. You know, we'll we'll move on from him. But that's those are the things that hey, if he had another eight shots on net, would have been. All right, let's let's keep this going. Yeah, I mean, quickly for me, it's you know watching him Friday. It's it's. I mean, the first period was really good. I'll, I'll give him that. It, it was very good. He was all over the ice. He had the puck on a stick a lot. He was creating opportunities. Um, you know that was good, and I was hopeful that would continue. Uh, it didn't. You know, I, I think the second period, the team itself didn't play very well. At least in the second half of the period, it was a lot of Utica. I guess. Fire and Poxy Johansson and you know kind of stood, stood tall for them there. But uh yeah, it's yeah, I know I, I told you about it, I told the people too. The thing that's frustrating watching Nylander is he does do a lot of good things to get himself in good positions. But then it's that last thing at the end where you're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, you have a nice rush, you take two steps over the blue line, you're firing it on that, or you're shooting it from the outside, or you just didn't wait that extra two seconds for the guy to get to the net. Or, you know, that three-on-one where he really never looked shot, but he had the entire net. Like, the whole time, he was like, when I get this puck, I'm passing it across. Like, just, I feel like he had the extra time there. Just he's got to maybe read the play, feel the play better. And I know he's still developing, but we're in year three of being a pro. You know, I think I need I need him to be able to read the play better. I need him to be able to understand what's developing in front of him because, you know, those shots on the outside, those shots from – two steps over the blue line, you're essentially turning the puck over. Uh, you're ending an offensive opportunity on your stick and you're giving it back to the other team. And, you know, for the people that want to give him an NHL chance, you're going to bring him up here and put him with, I don't know. I, I don't think he would give it like Gonskin. Let's say he does. I mean, you're, I mean, it's, I mean, think how frustrated you get if he just comes in over the blue line, just fires shots and gives the puck back. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. And, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season goes for him, but, there's just there's still things in his game that bother me, and that's one of them. That there's other parts of his game at 20 years old he can develop still. Sure, uh, his two way game, his defensive game, uh, that's expected for a 20 year old. But to still not be able playing this league for the third year and not to be able to really, I don't want to say grasp the speed, but understand to kind of figure out how the play is developing, is a little bit concerning to me. Absolutely, but you know, and just to kind of spin off that into some positive news, you look at. Uh, you know, the Amherst are being led by Danny Regan, has a team high 17 goals. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of the underrated player on the, for it seems like for anybody outside of Rochester, if, you know, he doesn't have a flashy nickname, he doesn't have the maybe CJ Smith flashy speed, but, you know, he, he's scoring goals at a pretty impressive play, pace considering the Emmerichs didn't have a 20 goal score last season. You know, he's he's continuing to do all the right little things and uh CJ Smith is on a nine point a nine game point streak now. Mm. So he had uh, three assists in the last three game over the last three games and you know he's kinda was he's one point behind Redmond now with thirty eight points for the 
for the lead. And, you know, the Redmen now, CJ is likely going to surpass that next weekend. So, you know, what those guys are doing, CJ came down with it. Could have been, you know, there's there's always a, uh, you know, an American League sulk or mope when he gets sent down. And, you know, CJ said it sucked because he knows it's a contract issues with the Sabres. But, you know, what, he came down and he's kind of proving, you know what, as soon as there's an opportunity, call me back up because I'm not coming back here. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> It's a soft spot for me. We'll just move yeah. on. I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about CJ Smith. That's a that's a sensitive point for me. Uh, so Rochester has no. They have the All Star. I guess you can call it mini break here uh, today, tomorrow, and then they are back in action against the uh, Binghamton and Hartford over the weekend. So uh, let's quickly preview kind of what that looks like. Yeah, they play Binghamton again. the The next, you know, last part of the season is going to be a lot of games against uh, Syracuse. There's eight games against them. Um, Utica is too many. Binghamton, I don't even know. It's lost track. But you know, Binghamton is a team that they've had struggles against. That's a team they put up. They won seven to five on Wednesday night, but gave up a four to one lead. So we'll see what happens. It's probably going to be a similar type of game where they're just going to go, you know, all out at each other. So. You know, division game, they have to win that one. And then, uh, you know, Hartford on Saturday, they're playing on the road, which is a great sign for this team. They're The Amherst are an awesome road team. So Hartford is at the bottom of the division, kind of like Binghamton is. So teams they don't fare too well against, but on the road, you know, four points is definitely is definitely possible. And the only option, as I always say. <laughs> very nice, very nice. All right, man. So that is Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Let's Go Amrix and checking out all of his written content online at Let's Go Amrix.com. So, Keith, enjoy your uh, mini, I guess you could say, also break here. We're, we're kind of wrapping to the end of an 11 day break here for the Sabres. They finally get back on the ice for practice today and then are back in action on Tuesday. So, we'll kind of you know, a critical stretch here for the Sabres. We're kind of see how that shakes out, but enjoy your mini break. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk again next week and see how things are going down there in Rochester. Yeah. We'll pick up where we left off and hopefully have a couple wins to talk about. So yeah, have a good one and enjoy your Sabres back on the ice. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk soon. Stay.